Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. Hey, Mercy Hill Church. How's it going? Um, it's good to uh, be with you guys this morning talking about worry. That's kind of what we're talking about, and so I'm kind of worried about it, actually. Um, I know, boom, thank you. <laughs> um, it's been a good, it's been a good couple of days looking at that and just kind of sitting in the word and talk, um, talking to the Lord about like what, what we should share this morning. And, uh, we're in this, we're in this time of, uh, looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And I, I lost my voice this week, so I've got some tea up here with me. And thank you, Amanda, where you're at for that, that throat thing too. Um, I, uh, uh, we're, we're in the Sermon on the Mount which is Jesus teaching, really, it's kind of a kingdom manifesto, kind of what, it, what does life look like lived out in the kingdom. And uh, this week is, is kind of a, a second part. Last week was talking about money and whether we serve King Jesus or King Money. John talked to us about that way. And this really just flows kind of right into that this week. Um, and it's a real simple passage. It's just, hey, don't, don't worry. You know, that... If you can remember anything, that's that's kind of it right there. It's really simple. Two words. Don't worry. And you'll, we'll see this a couple times. Um, but I, I came across a, a, a story this week. I think this actually might be Ryan. Where, where's Ryan's at? This might be your first job interview. Um, you can tell me if this is yours or not. So I, I'm not sure. Okay. So I came across this this week. It says, uh, 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 fresh out of business school, a young man answered a want ad for an accountant. So it must be yours, Ryan. Um, now, he was being interviewed by a very nervous man who ran a small business that he had started himself. I, I need someone with an accounting degree, the man said. But mainly, I'm looking for someone to do my worrying for me. Excuse me, said the accountant. Well, I, I worry about a lot of things, the man said. But I don't want to have to worry about money. So your job will be will be to take all the money worries off of my back. I see, says the accountant. And how much does the job pay? I'll start you at $80,000. $80,000, says the accountant. How can such a small business afford that? That, the owner said, is your first worry. <laughs> so is, that, is that your first one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I like that. I think that's good. You know, th- this week we're talking about specifically money and worry, um, but you know, worries come in lots of forms, and they they have some of the similar, some of the similar things about them. Um, we worry about our kids' future. You know, what what's going to happen? Um, worry about our jobs. Will our job be there uh, tomorrow? What about our health and the bills that come from healthcare? You know, those those get bigger and bigger every year. Um, if you watch too much TV, you're worried about all these diseases that you might get <laughs> that apparently they want you to buy something for. Um, and uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, we, we have so much money here in America, uh, but still money worries are a big issue, aren't they? You know, it's funny just how even if we got money in the bank, you know, worry can still kind of creep up on us and uh, kind, of, kind of pull us down. So Jesus has a real simple teaching today, and it's just uh, don't worry. Um, it's not don't worry, be happy, all right? That, that's the song that's been going through my head all week long. <laughs> I've been whistling it, um, but it, it, that's pretty superficial. And I think Jesus has a lot more for us today. Um, it's, it's more about uh, uh, God's generosity and God's abundance and his provision and who he is. So but let me pray for us and we'll, we'll read the scripture. Our God, as we look into your word, we pause and just uh, say, speak to us and change us 
and help us to hear what you're saying and to respond. Uh, we want to be your people, uh, living out your ways in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to be in uh, Matthew 6, uh, 25 through 43. So Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. So I, I love how Jesus starts off, and he's using these two really simple examples. This is a really simple teaching, um, but it's, pr- it's profound as well. So he says, hey, look at the birds first. Um, I, I love birds. We have a couple bird feeders in our house, or not in our house, outside of our house. <laughs> um, actually, I grew up with um, my dad raising canaries, and so at one point we had 30 canaries um, in our basement in these cages, and I had to clean, clean them somehow or s- sometimes. And, so they were in our house. Um, but right now we have them uh, outside of our house. And just, you know, watching the birds is just, it's, I, I like watching birds. I mean, maybe, maybe that's, it's geeking out a little bit, but they're really, they're really, uh, uh, they're just so small and so complex but simple. And they, they're, they're beautiful colors and they kind of, you know, scamper around doing different things. Um, you know, Jesus says, hey, take, take a look at these birds. Because these birds, they're not storing up food for themselves for tomorrow. They're, they're working hard. If you watch a bird, they're, they're, they're going here and going there and, you know, all over the place. They're, they're working hard, but they're not storing up. Um, and it, these birds come in all these varieties and shapes, right? I, mean, I know in our yard we get little sparrows and juncos and chickadees and the occasional little downy woodpecker. Um, just, just beautiful little creatures, right? Um, but, but Jesus says they, they're, not, they're not sitting there storing up stuff somewhere in a tree for tomorrow. Like, I, I've provided just what they need today. And they're working hard to find that provision today. Um, just amazing little creatures. So Jesus says, hey, take a look at these birds. He says, I provide for these little birds. I'm the, I'm the provider. I'm the giver of the good gifts. And then, and then he says, hey, take a, take a look at the, the, the fields and the flowers. And I don't know if you've got a, a field in mind that you've been to. Um, this time of the year, we're all dreaming about the field of flowers because it's been a long winter, right? Um, but maybe picture, picture in your mind for a minute, you know, a field with just a lot of flowers. Jesus is like, that grass out there, those flowers are the clothes. And see how there's different colors. There's purples and yellows and whites and, and pinks. And just, it's just, it's got all this beauty to it, right? That, that's clothing grass. 
that's the clothing for the grass, which, which, you know, back in those days, they would take the grass and use it to bake bread, like make a fire and bake bread, right? So it's, it's, it's here today and then used in the fire tomorrow, right? So this is how God clothes the fields with all that beauty. Um, Jesus is saying, this is the kind of father that we serve. This, this father of beauty, this father of provision, um, he, he knows what we need. Um, he knows what the birds need. He knows um, what, the, what the grass needs. He, he knows what we need. The question becomes, I think, um, can, we, can we trust that kind of a father? You know, can, can we believe that kind of father is out for our good? And can we, can we actually trust that kind of father? So I, I think what Jesus is getting at here in the beginning here is, is can we trust in a father who is abundant, and provides for his creatures. Can, can we trust that kind of a father? Um, can we can we believe that? And I, I know I've had to wrestle through that question the past few months. Um, as, uh, I know like Corey and John were talking about who might speak this week, and, and, and Corey was like, I think I think Luke's been wrestling through that, and it's true, it's true. So um, I've been asking some questions, you know, as we've been thinking about things in our life and our future, and just um, I, I came to this passage pretty recently, maybe three months ago, and. Um, I, I found myself asking a really kind of uh, raw question to God about this passage. I was like, okay, God, so if you provide food and you provide, you know, f- clothes, is that is that it? Because that sounds kind of like a jail to me, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I mean, and I got myself to the point where I was wrestling through what, what can we expect of God, right? Because apparently if we take this literally, he's just going to provide food and clothes. And that sounds like a jail to me. Everything else is on my own. And that's kind of what I heard in my own heart, right? Everything else is on my own, but God will provide the basics, right? And so I found myself kind of drawing out this picture of God that was kind of dug deep in my heart of this kind of stingy God who, who just wants to give you food and water, kind of like a prison warden, right? It's just, it's just, kind of just enough, right? It's just, this is all we can expect from God. And, and, you know, it's hard to know in our modern society, what, what do we actually need? I remember there's a little booklet that, um, we give this to some Chinese students. And it's just talking about, like, just trying to help Chinese students coming from an atheist country think through, like, there's more to life than just the physical, right? And so it, it's kind of funny. It has these little pictures, and it's like, you, what do you need in life? You need food. You need a house. You need a car, and you need Wi-Fi. For them, that was the four national basic needs that we need. And, and they were trying to say, oh, we need more than that. You need faith, too, right? So, but, you know, so what do we actually need? But... You know, as I've wrestled through this passage, and even the beginning here, I think I'm looking at it upside down. Like I'm saying, what's the bare minimum that God gives us? But look at the flowers. Look at the look at the sparrows and the, and the birds. It's not it's not a question of what's the bare minimum, but it's just a, it's a question of abundance. Like God has this beautiful creation that He's made, and He could have made the fields with like three shades of gray. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like He could have made this world just just ugly and practical and frugal. Um, but that's not what God did. He made this beautiful place that's full of abundance, full of beauty, full of goodness. And the question becomes, can we trust that kind of a God? Can we believe in that kind of a God? Um, I know um, a lot of us know the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son who goes away, takes the family's inheritance and says, I want your money, all the inheritance now takes off, spends it all. I mean, he's got no problem with abundance, right? And then he comes back, and uh, the father welcomes him home. And we, we know that story. 
There's also the story of the older brother who's at home, right? And the older brother sees his, his, his wayward brother coming back and this party that's being thrown and he is just mad. He, you know, he tells the father, he's like, hey, look, you know, why are you throwing this party for him? You know, he's done all these bad things. And the father basically says, you know, hey, you've been with me all these years. Everything I have is yours. And the older brother was mad because he's never gotten a party. He's never, he's never experienced the abundance of his father. Um, he's never, he's never experienced the, the, the beauty and the, and the partying side of his dad. Um, but the father is like, hey, all these years you've been with me and it's all been available to you, but you've never seen me as an abundant party throwing father. And I, I think, I think, well, I, I've seen that in my own heart and it's easy to have that, that mentality, right? So is God just kind of bare bones God? Like just, just giving us like three shades of, you know, you know, Three shades of colors? No, it's this, this beautiful, beautiful God, this beautiful creation he's made, a loving father, and he's, he's good to us, and he wants to show that to us. And Jesus says here, hey, don't worry, have faith in that kind of a God. Don't worry, have faith in that kind of a God. I think um, one of the other things that Jesus is, is saying here is, is not just, hey, trust the, the character of the father, um, but... Can we really believe that we're valuable to God, right? So Jesus has this really small question. He says, um, aren't you more valuable than these birds? Go ahead and turn to your neighbor and say, you're more valuable than birds. And then the other person, too, because they need to hear it. Okay, so that doesn't feel like much of an encouragement, does it? <laughs> All right, so if, if I'm having a bad day, and, uh, man, I, I'm, I'm not feeling... I'm feeling kind of off-centered and not feeling my worth and stuff. And if Larry comes up to me, he's like, "Hey, man, you feel you're, you're way more than a bird, <laughs> right?" I, I think uh, I think Jesus is making a joke here. He, he's I think he's got a smile on his face. Is it okay for Jesus a joke sometimes? You know, I, I think he's he's making a, a, a he's making a, a kind of funny comment like, um, um, "You guys, you're way better than a bird," <laughs> you, know, you know. But I think what he's getting at is, "Hey, you know, you are way better than a you are so much more valuable to the Father." You are of immense value. You are worth something to the Father. And, that, and that's hard for us to believe too, right? You know, so Jesus is like, don't worry. God is a compassionate, gracious, abundant God, and he, he loves us. He loves us so much, way more than a bird, way, than, way more than a few birds. Um, we have to trust both of those things. We have to trust this God who is abundant and gracious and out for our good, and also that he actually values us, loves us. And so the question is, I mean, how much are you worth? Right? How much am I worth? How much are we worth? I mean, God, God, God did the amazing thing of sending his, his son, his, 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 his only son, to, to die on the cross, to give up his life, to show us the kingdom of God. And he did that because of us. Right? He did that to show us his great love for us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And when we're when we're sitting in worry and we're kind of we're starting to kind of get gripped by worry, you know, Jesus is like, "Hey, you're valuable. I I value you. You're worth something. I care. I care for you." So what would it look like for each of us to really believe that God thinks we're his extremely valuable kids? His son, his daughter, extremely valuable.
Don't worry, Jesus says. Don't worry. Um, I think we should pause just for a second to state the obvious. That as Jesus is, is, is talking about worry, he's, he's telling us that, hey, you can actually do something about the worry that comes to your head, right? Like, I don't know if you guys know that feeling of when, like, worry or anxiety starts to kind of start to take hold a little bit, you know? You're like, a thought comes to your mind, and then it kind of starts to grow a little bit, and you start playing it out into the future with what ifs, and it kind of grows and grows and grows. Does that happen to anybody else other than me? You know, I mean, so I, I think Jesus is saying, I mean, just state the obvious, that, that we're not just our thoughts, and we can see God transform our thinking, right? I just want to say that because, because I think we can get believing that we're just, whatever comes to our mind, that's who we are. And that, that, that's really important also for some of the stuff we've been talking about with sex and stuff, right? So the, the first thoughts that come to your minds are from who knows where, right? I mean, they can come from our own heart. Our, those thoughts can be coming from like our past experiences. Those thoughts can be coming from our culture, from outside of us. Our thoughts can be coming from, you know, it could be the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit speaks in the same radio frequency as the rest of our thoughts, right? It could be an evil spirit. I mean, all kinds of different places our thoughts can come from, right? Um, our, our first thoughts are, are just there, right? And I like what Martin Luther said. He says, um, you can't keep a bird, back to the birds, right? We're talking about birds again. We can't keep a bird from landing on our head, but we can keep it from making a nest in our hair, Right, so I I find that to be really freeing. Like your thoughts are just kind of there, you know. What you know, and, and over time, God actually will start to transform the insides. But let's have some grace on ourselves and each other. God cares for us. He loves us. He knows that we're dust. You know, he's he's a he's a compassionate father. He knows that we're dust, um, and he's calling us to say, Hey, look, don't worry, don't worry. That stuff that happens in your head, um, don't get too worked up about it. But turn to me. Turn to me. Don't worry. Know that God is a generous God who provides for his kids. Um, I, uh, I love what Jesus says just kind of in the middle here uh, where he says, can you, can you add anything to your life? Can, can you add an hour to your life by worrying? Um, in some of the old translations, maybe you have this. It says, "Can you can you add an inch to your head? Or can you add an inch to your height?" You know, that's kind of an old way of saying like, "Can you can you add anything to your life?" You know, um, and isn't that isn't that so true? Like, what does worry get us? What do we get for worrying? Um, you know, I, I looked up a little bit about what worry does give us, and uh, worry elevates our blood pressure and our heart rate. You feel that kind of like that that feeling that goes da 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 da. Um, it lowers our immune systems. We get sick easier. It uh, uh, reduces some of the linings of in our digestive digestive system. It can create ulcers. You've probably heard of that. Um, it reduces your ability to remember things. So you can't you can't think straight, right? You can't even remember what's happening. Um, it can literally make you like dumb you down. Um, it. It can make you go bald. I mean, like you start losing the ability to like grow hair and your nails go, go slow, right? All these things happen from, from worry and anxiety. And, um, you know, like wh- why, why do we do that? Like wh- why do we sit and worry? I, I think for myself, it's, it's almost like I'm trying to like make something happen by worrying, right? If I could just worry harder, it'll change, <laughs> right? If I can just kind of rev up the worry generators, like we'll actually 
accomplish something in life, right? It's kind of a, fu- a funny thought, right? But it's not doing anything. Jesus says, you're not adding anything to your life by worrying. We were talking about this before on the message today. John Hampshire Sr. mentioned Psalm 37, 8, where he says, you know, don't worry, it only leads to evil. There's really nothing that comes good out of worrying. Um, you know, Jesus makes another joke right at the end where he's kind of like, hey, tomorrow has enough worry for itself. You know, like, like let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. You know, let, 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 let the worries of tomorrow take care of tomorrow's worries. You know, today we got, we have enough trouble. Let's, let's focus on what God is doing today. So, I mean, Jesus calls us today to trust him, to make him the king, to rest in his provision, in his character. He's like, hey, look, don't worry. Like, it's, it's not going to get you anything. It's not producing anything that's going to help you long term. So the question is, then, what do we replace worry with? Um, I know there's there's a psalm that I like a lot, and you know, we all have scriptures that help us turn our heads, turn our hearts, and our minds toward toward the Lord. Um, psalm Psalm one thirty one has been a been a super help for me, um, especially when I feel some of those worries kind of coming on and anxiety gripping. And it, it just is a real simple psalm, real easy to memorize. It just says, Lord, I've given up my pride. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with things too great or too awesome for me. But I've stilled and quieted my soul like a small child with its mother. Yes, like a small child is my heart within me. And it says, oh, Israel, I like to put my own name in there. You know, oh, Israel, oh, Luke, put your hope in the Lord now and forever. Isn't that a good picture? Just the stilling of our hearts, sitting with the Father like a small child on their lap, just sitting with the Lord, resting. Jesus also gives us another picture here um, where, you know, he says, you know, trust in, the, in, the, in God's character, in his provision for us, that we're valuable. Um, and he also says, don't worry. Instead of worrying, seek first my kingdom. So let's 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 stay away from the worry. Let's turn that turn the worry around, and instead of worrying, let's do something productive, and seek first the kingdom, and God's righteousness. Now I don't know about you, but first thing when I when I read this uh, uh, passage is I play this old song in my head that I grew up with, Seek Ye First, The Kingdom of God. Anybody else heard, heard that one before? Um, so that song, and be, Don't Worry, Be Happy, was in my head all week. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, you know, Jesus is giving us something specific because he's, he's not just saying, hey, stop it. Stop worrying. You know, he's actually giving us something to replace. So let's not worry. Let's not serve King Money. Let's actually serve King Jesus and seek Seek his kingdom. So what, what is that though? Because I think when I first read that and when I think about that, that phrase, seek first the kingdom, um, and seek first, and then also his righteousness, what I think I interpret that is, is hey, fill your time with lots of religious things. Um, prayer and Bible study and small groups and worship singing and church. Um, and then God will take care of all the physical things. Right? I think that's how, that's how I first read that. Like, seek first the kingdom. Or maybe you read that as, like, go into full-time vocational Christian ministry, <laughs> you know, and then God will take care of the physical needs, right? But that's not what Jesus is getting at here. 
That's not, because this, this is for everybody. This is, this is for every, every one of us. So what, what does seeking God's kingdom look like? Well, first of all, God's kingdom assumes that there's a king. We've been talking about that this week and last week. King Jesus is the true king, not king money. Um, and, uh, there's a call there. If we're talking about the kingdom, we're talking about one who's on the, on, on the throne. And that's, we believe that's Jesus the Messiah. But I think we need to ask the questions like, what does this kingdom look like? And, um, it's easy to think of the kingdom of God as just something that's for the future. Like, it's easy in the Christian culture is to be like, hey, heaven's my home. Like, this earth isn't really for us. Um, but if we look back a little bit, like, heaven is kind of a temporary place for us. We're actually coming back to earth, <laughs> like, after we come um, meet, meet Jesus in the clouds, right? So what God is after in the world is his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, just like we prayed or we, we learned a few weeks ago with the Sermon on the Mount. Um, Genesis 1 and 2, I've heard that seen as is the first great commission where God says, hey, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue the worlds. And then, you know, you see Genesis 2, God makes a garden. He's like, hey, go and make the rest of the world a beautiful garden. And, and that's kind of a first great commission, right? So, I, and if we look at the, the last part of the Bible, Genesis or uh, Revelation 21, we see, you know, the, the city of God on the earth um, with with God dwelling among men, right? So, so I, I it's kind of heady stuff right now, but we have to get into our mind that um, the kingdom of God is not just something that's just in the future, and it's not something that's just all spiritual, but we're actually part of being instruments for the kingdom right now where we work, live, and play. And, and so seeking God's kingdom is more than just doing spiritual things, um, church things, religious things, but there's a sense of like following this king um, to see his rule extended where we live, work, and play. So that, that, that's kind of what I think Jesus is getting at. Hey, seek first this kingdom, this kingdom that is now here because of me, Jesus says, um, and this, this kingdom that will come fully in the future, but right now you are people representing my kingdom, seeing my rule extended into the world in big and small ways, right? Through following the Spirit's voice, through doing the work that we're called to do. So big picture, seeking God's kingdom. And then seeking God's righteousness. I mean, so if we have a king who is trying to do something in the world, see his, see his kingdom kind of spread and cover the earth, and the knowledge of the Lord covering the, the, the earth like the, the waters cover the seas, we also have a way God does that, his righteousness. It's kind of his way of doing things, his justice, his, his way of living, his way of relating in the world. Um, so how, how, do, how, how, do, how does do that, or how does God want us to do that? By His family, by His family values, and both of those basically is that we have to know the King, we have to walk with the King, we have to look to the King, we have to keep coming back to the King. So I think maybe another way I'd say seeking first the kingdom and seek His righteousness, I'd say something like um, pursue God's presence and rule in everyday life and His way of interacting with others individually and socially, and as we do that then God provides. Then worry doesn't have a place. Then we're able to see what God's up to and spend our time doing that instead of, instead of worrying. Um, so I, I just want to throw a couple questions out as we're thinking about seeking the kingdom. Um, because I, I think how we see our work throughout the week, like we each have so many hours per, per week, per, per week. Um, how we see our work and how it inter, intersects with the kingdom um, is really important because if we don't think the kingdom of God 
can be intersecting with our daily work, then this is kind of a no-brainer. Like, we, we, we can't even do this. We can't even seek the kingdom if we don't think the kingdom of God can be intersecting with our daily lives, right? So how does the kingdom of God deal with, you know, come into an accountant or um, a teacher or someone changing dirty diapers or, you know, managing an office? Like, where is the kingdom of God connecting in those things? Um, and, and I think one way to ask it is just how does, how is our work serving others? How is it promoting the common good? If God at the very beginning of the first great commission says, go and subdue this world and make it a beautiful garden, how is the work that we do a part of making this, this world a beautiful place? And then how can we do those things with the family values of the king, right? And so that means almost anything that we find ourselves doing can be part of seeking the kingdom and be part of seeking his righteousness. Um, how would God want the work that you're doing, how would he want that done in the world, right? With, with your time, with your gifts, with your skills. So, so you, you see how that's different than uh, I'm going to do my job so I can make money and, and, and provide for myself, right? It's a little, it's a little bit different, you know, a, asking the question of our, of our time and our work. You know, how is that seeking the kingdom of God? Because God's kingdom is moving, and it's moving through us, and it's, it, he's always asking um, us to be part of this great work that he's doing. So basically, that Jesus is like, don't worry, but instead seek God's presence and his rule now and his ways of doing things in the world instead of worrying. I think um, overall, I hope that you can just hear the heart of this, of this good king, that he's a God of abundance. He's a God of beauty and variety. He's a God of provision. And he calls us to say, yeah, I'm going to trust, trust that God. I'm going to actually believe that I'm valuable in his kingdom. I'm going to seek that kingdom. And I'm going to turn away from the worry and toward, toward God's, God's kingdom. So it's not just a bumper sticker. You know, don't worry, be happy. Um, there's so much more. And as we look at this uh, passage this morning, I, I pray that um, you'll see a bigger part of that, what it means to not worry and seek the Lord. Instead of worrying, seek him and his ways in the world, and we can trust that this good God will provide for us. Amen.